All right. Hello. Hi. Hello, Perch Church. Everybody, uh, everybody tuning in as well. Hi. My name is my name is Sam, and uh, I'm a friend of Pastor Al's, and uh, I'm super honored and happy to just pitch in a helping hand for him while um, while Al is uh, getting some precious time with his family, um, especially especially for Father's Day uh, for the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Um, yeah. So. Y'all have been learning the broad topic of justice, and last Sunday, Pastor Al challenged us as believers uh, and as image bearers of our creator in the face of injustice to learn how to express healthily to save people our feelings of anger. Is that, does that kind of cover what you talked about last week? Sweet. All right. So I'm not completely off base then. Well, today I want to I want to piggyback uh, off of last week's message and talk about forgiveness, okay? So I know it kind of feels like um, maybe I'm jumping the gun there, right? There's a huge bridge that expanses between injustice, feeling anger over justice, injustice, and then getting to forgiveness, um, and especially just a week after talking about anger. Um, but I believe that as y'all continue to kind of unpack what the Bible has to tell us about justice in the coming weeks, that we gird ourselves with what I think is the other bookend of what this series is going to be. Um, let me let me rephrase that, okay? I, I, I believe that as we struggle together as a church to make injustices just again and to right the wrongs in our relationships, our churches, and even our world, um, we need to temper ourselves uh, with what the end goal for every Christian ought to be, which is forgiveness. Um, it's, it's so funny because like everything that I had in my introduction, I felt like Courtney said it like during the introductory prayer before the praise set. So I was just kind of like, she's either, she either has like very um, violating uh, and intimate conversation with my own head and knows how to suck my thoughts out of my head and put them onto paper or, um, or the Holy Spirit is really um, alive and really cares about this message. And so I'm just so thankful that we're kind of tracking in lockstep this morning. Um, so forgiveness, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, heck, it's easier said than thought or even felt, right? It's easy to say, oh, I released you, I forgive you, I, for I forgave them. Oh, you know, I let that go a long time ago. And yet to still have fleeting thoughts or even pangs of emotion that are still kind of keeping us in pause, right? Um, we've all been trespassed upon. We've all also done our fair share of trespassing on others, whether we'd care to admit it or not. Um, when we're wronged, it can be very difficult to forgive others. And when we are the wrong ones who are wrong, it can be very difficult for us to admit or even ask for forgiveness to be extended to us. Nonetheless, forgiveness is not only a major tenet of justice, but it's a major tenet of our faith. And so let's turn to today's passage in Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to be going through a small chunk of passage, so or a small chunk of the Bible. So 
Um, we're going to be reading verses 21 through 35 to see what the Bible has to say about our subject today. Okay. All right. So there's going to be a, a few slides because the big chunk. So Riley, just a heads up there. Um, all right. So let's, let's get through it. Okay. In verse 21, it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. And instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Let me begin with a quick prayer. God of heaven, you certainly know how to challenge us, and you certainly know how to be um, the salt and the light of the world when it's so easy to, um, like, the, like the forgiven servant did, just take every opportunity to get what's coming to us when we are wronged. Lord Jesus, help us as we talk about um, the subject, the broad subject of justice. We ask that you would filter our hearts through your text this morning um, and that it would be um, truly tempered with forgiveness and forgiveness from, from you, oh God. And so be with us this morning. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be with me, that it would not be my words, but yours. We thank you in your name we pray, amen. All right, so... In our passage today, we've seen that the master himself, Jesus, has a small, precious pocket of time between teaching big, large crowds, 
um, people who were curious about him, people who largely hated him and what he stood for. And he was, uh, he had the small precious time to really kind of close into his inner circle of disciples and to talk to them um, and teach them because they also surely had a ton of questions, okay? So in the beginning of chapter 18, uh, it covers Jesus's warnings about causing believers to stumble in their faith and how to deal with sin inside the church, okay? So it's almost like Jesus is preparing his disciples for the eventuality and the reality that people, even in the church, will wrong one another, okay? So it's not a matter of if, but it is a matter of when, right? That it will happen. We will step on each other's toes. We will hurt one another, okay? This is kind of a curse of being human, okay? Which is why our passage starts off with Peter um, asking a very apt question in verse 21, okay? Verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So Peter starts off with a great question. Pretty good question, okay? He even offers up a more than a reasonable answer, up to seven times, forgiveness up to seven times, the perfect number, if you will. In 2022, one can be um, canceled, excommunicated, shunned, blocked, just after one offense, okay? Seven times might not sound like a lot, but back then, the Jews believed that forgiving someone for an offense up to four times for sins committed was the pinnacle of righteousness, I'm sure that Peter knew this too, right? When he serves up his answer, he thought he was being more than generous. So it might have surprised him, the rest of Jesus's inner circle, and by proxy us here at Perch Church in 2022, when Jesus responds in verse 22, okay? Jesus answers, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times, 77 times, okay? So the NIV, the translation that Perch Church uses says 77 times, other translation says 70 times, seven times. Um, either way, Jesus's retort to Peter was wildly outside of what Peter and any of the disciples could conceive, okay? Now, I'm sure that you and I can interpret this statement not as Jesus' call for us to keep a really good ledger of how many times somebody trespasses us and wrongs us up to 77 times or 70 times, seven times, okay? And then after that last strike, we're like off with your head, okay? This is not the, this is not the way that you and I and Peter and his contemporaries were called to interpret Jesus's statement, okay? We're not to only count up to 77 times and then go looking to settle accounts, right? Rather, it's a call for us to always be forgiving, present continuous, okay? It's a pretty steep standard. Okay, pretty steep standard, considering Peter's suggestion 
um, of seven times, right? Well, to solidify his position and give Peter, the disciples, and us the motivation to live in such a manner, Jesus tells a parable, okay? So now, if you've, if you've spent any extended amount of time at a church, um, then you have heard a parable or two, okay? But for those who may be uninitiated, what is a parable? Well, a fellow preacher and a brother of mine describes a parable as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Okay, so let's see the story that Jesus will tell Peter and the rest of the disciples and to us to give him and us some meaning to the challenge of forgiveness. Okay, verse 23 through 25. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, wow, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So the story starts with a king who would have many servants of differing levels of importance doing different jobs for him. Okay? And it was common practice amongst the Greeks, uh, the royalty and the Greeks, also the family of Herod, who were the stewards of the Jewish kingdom at the time, to do things like this, where they would work out the debts of their, the debts of their servants, and to settle accounts as the king in this specific parable today wished to do. Okay, but then the king calls upon a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, okay? Trying to conceive what, how much this debt is. 10,000 bags of gold, okay? In other translations, the unit of measurement is different. The servant owed the king 10,000 talents of gold, okay? Now, Jesus intended that Jesus's intended audience, which would have been, you know, first century, um, would instantly know how much 10,000 bags of gold are, okay? Uh, we in 2022 need a little bit of help with some current currency exchange, as well as uh, employing some quick and dirty math. I say dirty because I'm not a mathematician, not even you know, I should not be near math, okay, and numbers. My wife, who is actually studying to be a CPA, actually helped me out with these numbers, so feel better about that, okay? So a talent uh, was the amount of weight that a soldier could carry on his back, okay? Approximately 85 or so pounds of gold equaled about 6,000 denarii, and each denarius was a day's wage for the average laborer, okay? So 6,000 denarii times 10,000 equals 60 million days worth of wages. So uh, about 164,000 years, okay? Uh, if the man never took a day off. Okay, uh, let's make that a little bit more relevant to us today here in Southern California, okay? In Southern California, the average annual income is about $38,000. So uh, I know here, perhaps in the Glendale Burbank area, you need a little bit more than the average, okay? But 
on average in Southern California, okay? Annual income, $38,000. Divide that by 52 weeks a year, five days of work a week, and a day's wage is worth about $146.15, okay? Do you know how much $146.15 times 60 million days is? Okay, no uh, brilliant geniuses who could rain man in their head. Okay, it is 8.769 billion dollars. All that fake mathing really uh, exhausts me. Okay, now if you watch enough YouTube, Instagram news segments um, and see enough uh, things about maybe the mega lottery uh, you may be able to conceptualize how much a million dollars is, perhaps even tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, okay? Professional sports teams are sold in the billions of dollars nowadays, but can you even conceptualize one man owing another that much money? Can you imagine one person being in debt to someone for that amount. I think Jesus is being a little, little, little tongue in cheek there, right? Needless to say, the, the servant can't pay back what he owes. Just can't, regardless of how many days he works. And this is why the king orders the servant, his family, and all of his belongings to be sold to repay the debt. And that still probably wouldn't amount to even close enough to settle the account. And it is why the servant's response to the king in verse 26 is so laughable. So laughable. Okay, verse 26, it says, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Surely the king knows that the servant cannot pay back his debt, no matter how patient he is, and his promise to pay back everything is a desperate cry soaked in false bravado, but what does he do? What does the king do? Verse 27, it says, the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. I think we could just, just as easily stop here today and gain enough heavenly meaning from just this first half of the parable. And if you haven't put together who the character symbolize, um, then let me clarify, okay? The king is God the Father, okay? And we are the servant. The, the debt and the account that must be settled um, is our sin and our wrongs against God that need to be made right in order to settle our accounts in his heavenly court of justice. Think about that. Could you ever repay $8 billion worth of sin? And yet, how often in our words and our actions do we act like we can somehow, on our own, settle accounts with God? And what God offers in return is more than just forgiveness. What does justice demand in our indebtedness to God? The answer is, quite frankly, no forgiveness. But if mercy is extended to us, then what of justice? 
who pays the tab because God is merciful for sure. He's fully merciful. But in his perfection, God is also fully just. The price of justice must be paid somewhere. In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says this, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, this, this, is the, this is the great scandal of grace, my friends. The amount of justice that we owe and the price of non-payment are all paid by Jesus Christ on the cross. But mathematics in the kingdom of heaven continues to be wonky, okay? Because God's forgiveness doesn't just bring us to zero with a chance to earn positive credit, okay? Um, God brings us from being eternally in debt to the absolute other extreme, eternal positive standing. This isn't just a negative to a neutral standing, right? This is a negative to a positive standing. We gain credit. What, what then ought a, ought a person do with such a gift? In the context of our story today, what ought a person do in this new reality of having been declared debt-free as he encounters another to whom he himself is owed? Let's continue with our parable, okay? Verse 28 through 30. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now just, you know, you don't need to do conversion and mathematics to, you know, weigh the scales on that one, okay? Um, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused and instead he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Friends, isn't, isn't it so easy in the heat of the moment when we feel like we are owed justice in our own lives to lack even simple patience, much less forgiveness for those we feel like settling accounts with. It's been a personal struggle for me as well, you know, and you can, you know, we can talk about that. Isn't it easy to imagine pursuing the furthest extent of justice upon someone who has done us wrong? Now, I'm not trying to discount uh, or condone injustice um, I'm not trying to minimize wrongdoing, okay? There are some wrongdoings out there that um, a price must be paid and trauma will still linger, okay? I am in no way trying to minimize hurt, okay? But we do live, if we say we believe in Jesus Christ, then we do live on the other side of learning about the way that God does math right? Regardless of how wonky we think his math is. And expecting other people to right their wrongs and pursuing that, sometimes aggressively, 
can also put you and I on the wrong side of that heavenly math equation, just like it did for the dude in the parable today, okay? And, and we'll see that in the remainder of Jesus' parable, verses 31 through 35, okay? When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And Jesus sums it all up by saying, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Friends, me, the price of unforgiveness in our hearts is death. Let me rephrase that. The price of unforgiveness in our hearts is our death, okay? Like we, we rot from the inside out when we refuse to release other people for their wrongdoings upon us, okay? It's not the death of people who we think owe us recompense, okay? We think if we hold this person in wrongdoing, then surely they will die or suffer or, you know, have long and sleepless nights. But really, unforgiveness in our hearts is our death, right? It's atrophying our lives. We push pause to linger on this poison. We ruminate. We think and we think and we think. What do we do in our reality of being unjustly forgiven when we encounter someone who seeks our forgiveness? Through our parable today, Jesus challenges us to remember that we are ultimately forgiven. So just release them. Because our ability to forgive and to be clothed in heavenly mercy cannot be rooted in what we can gain from others, but rather in what has been provided to us by our Heavenly Father, right? If you wait around for a specific outcome from what someone who has wronged you will do for you, if you were waiting around putting your life on atrophy, waiting around for someone to settle accounts with you, you will remain disappointed, right? If, if your ability forget, to forgive hinges on someone else, be waiting for a long time. Our forgiveness, the way that we step out into the world, clothed in mercy, must come from what has already been provided to you and I. Right? This, is, this is the profound truth that Jesus is trying to get leech the meaning of when Peter says, oh, seven times? And he wants like a pat on the head and a gold star for the day, right? 
Jesus is saying, no, dude, like you need to walk your path clothed in mercy, knowing that you are forever in good standing, despite the fact that in your own deeds, without my cost of my son, you're bankrupt and the wages of your wrongdoing to settle accounts is death. If you want to take it to the most grim conclusion, spiritually, it's eternal death, right? But that death starts right now when we refuse to release people from their wrongdoing. So for the interest of time, some practical thoughts, okay? Because beautiful Sunday afternoon, it's Father's Day, and y'all got stuff to do, okay? But I hope that these practical thoughts will give you something more to wrestle over. Like I said, forgiveness, um, it's the, it's, I think it's the, the end, uh, book end, and I think it's something that needs to undergird like all this talk about justice, right? And processing anger, but, um, but it's not, I can't, I can't give you the, the keystone to forgiveness in a, in a, in a message, in a day. It doesn't, doesn't happen that way, right? We all have our own paths that we have to walk in order to continually be clothed in the mercy that our Heavenly Father gives us. Okay, so just today, just for the interest of time, some practical thoughts, okay? First, the cost of forgiveness will often be yours. Talked about that a lot today, right? But that doesn't always have to be a bad thing, right? You, the cost of forgiveness may mean extra money that I have to give to my therapist, right? Lunches and coffees that I have to buy for friends because they're willing to come and hear me just, ah, you know, like, ah, you know, ugly cry. Extra uh, door dashes because people are delivering Kleenexes. The cost will often be yours, but that's, that doesn't have to be a bad thing, okay? It, it's important to remember that um, you're in good company because the cost of ultimate forgiveness was, was God's, right? And we benefit from it ultimately, okay? So not always a bad thing that forgiveness will be your cost. Uh, forgiving an injustice or wrong is not instantaneous. We've also talked about this. It is a process, okay? So if you're like, hey, Sam, Great talk, great speech, great pep talk, okay? But I'm going to Father's Day dinner and I've not forgiven my dad for a host of things. Guess what? Me too, okay? But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's a process, it's not instantaneous, but it will only be a process if you process it. Okay, so Find a safe friend, friends, um, trusted pastor, counselor, therapist, better yet, all of the above, okay? All of the above. Third thing, the call is to forgive, not necessarily to forget, okay? Um, I don't really know of a time in the Bible where, you know, it says to forgive and forget. Um, nice little addendum that I think we here in the Western world have kind of, you know, but um, I think that uh, in some cases, 
forgetting the wrongdoings, like you should release them, but forgetting the wrongdoings that someone has done on you may mean forfeiting wisdom. Okay. And um, it may be also courting wrongdoing yet again. Okay. Some of us are in some very unsafe relationships. We get out of one and we say, oh, like I'll release you, but I'm never going to do that again. And end up with the same kind of person, just different wig. Okay. Um, you, you need to, you need to forgive, but forgetting is not necessarily a part of that equation. Okay. Um, forgive, but be wise and learn from the Lord through your experiences. Okay. Um, and then though reconciliation is ideal, it is not the same as forgiveness. You can release someone of their wrongdoing and you never have to see them again. Okay. Um, you may release someone who repeatedly hurts you and causes you trauma, but being close again may be unnecessarily courting suffering. Okay, you need to heal. Better, spend, better to spend your energy finding safe people or learning how to set boundaries, okay? So I know for me personally, right, this Father's Day thing, a lot of that is very complicated because for a lot of my younger days, I really cared about the approval of my father and I got hurt a lot as a result of that, okay? Forgiving him has been a process where I release him of things, but in lieu of releasing him, I've also set certain boundaries, right? So that way he can't maim and hurt, okay? Thank you. Okay, so learning how to set boundaries, finding safe people, okay? And finally, just because you forgive and release someone from wrongdoing doesn't make you a pushover, okay? It also doesn't mean that the wrongdoer should not or will not face consequences, okay? You can release someone and they still face their consequences, you know? Like some, some, some things that some people do, some hurts that some people enact, um, need to have their day in earthly, humanly court before they reach God's court, okay? But releasing them does, however, make you a believer in the one who is ultimately just, okay? There are so many Psalms written by David where, you know, he's on the run for no good reason and his life is being threatened for no good reason and he is powerless to do anything about it. And his greatest confession is that even if he doesn't keep a ledger, God is his vindicator. Okay. Um, Perch Church, thank you. Thank you for your time, little baby. Thank you for your time. So patient, I know. Um, no, I've, I've, I've been in plenty of situations where like kids have like complete meltdown. So this is beautiful. It's a beautiful heavenly picture okay um god bless you as you continue to struggle with justice okay it should be a struggle this is not like to figure out justice is to go to heaven okay unfortunately we are not on that side of eternity yet and so it is going to be a continued struggle but um but as you continue to struggle with justice and grow um and god's given uh, God-given capacity to forgive, I want to give you guys this final blessing from Colossians chapter 3, okay? And it's not in the slides, okay? It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, 
holy and dearly loved, may you clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's pray. God, thanks for this time. Thanks for, thanks for, you know, thanks for just being blunt and simple with us and yet still profound. You know, sometimes we just need to, to hear it, to hear it. But God, we know that there, there is such a huge chasm when it comes to forgiveness. And, and we thank you so much for being so patient with us. Um, Jesus, we know that we, we have this patience from God because you paid the ultimate sacrifice. You, you are the one who paid the price of justice that was owed in God's courtroom for us. And so we just ask that as, as we continue to struggle with notions of justice, especially amongst all the injustices that happen um, on such a huge scale in the world to our country, um, and then on Father's Day in our very own lives and our own relationships, won't, won't you clothe us in that mercy and remind us um, of this truth from, um, from Jesus's parable today? And so we thank you for that. And just uh, be with us this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everyone.